It is the episode you have all been patiently waiting for. Our Batman spoiler review. Benjamin, mm-hmm. the film is out at it last. Is. After many, many delays and after multiple viewings, it's time to finally talk about it. And joining us are two of the biggest DC, that DC, DC fans we know. That's right. One of them gets on my nerves, Mr. Zach Sells. Zach, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. Ready to talk about the greatest movie of all time. There, yeah, and that's why it gets on my nerves. There it is. And the other one. <laughs> Every time. The second person who gets on my nerves, Mr. Kenneth Garcia. Kenneth, how you doing today? I'm doing very well. Very excited to talk about the greatest movie ever made. And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the Cape Crusader, the Dark Knight himself, the Batman. So very, Vengeance. very. Oh, Vengeance as well. Uh, so very much looking forward to uh, the, the, this episode, guys. Well, Kenneth, you know, unlike our Black Widow spoiler review, you cannot have a 45 to 50 minute soliloquy, okay? Uh, damn it. Only 30 minutes. 38 okay. minutes, okay? Yep. So, All just, right. not, just not 50 minutes. I'll try. What about me? So, we're going to go ahead and get started. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of our positives, talk about some character standouts, get into the negatives if any of us have any, talk about the future we'd like to see in other films, and of course, because, you know, the conversation has to be had. Where this ranks in terms of our overall Batman films. So, any, mini, mighty Kenneth, because you have been looking forward to this probably the most out of all of us. Yeah. You back and you play through the Arkham games. Wait, what, what was it, like the month before the film came out? Yeah, I played through the Arkham games. I read Batman Year One. I saw Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Batman Night Cries, Batman Ego. I, 35 minutes. I just. <laughs> And the Dark Knight trilogy and Batman vs. Superman. But yeah, so I was very much looking forward to it. I've I've been the biggest, um, I've been a huge Batman fan for the longest time, 10 years now. Uh, Back in, ever since I played the Arkham City back in 2012 and experiencing like the Dark Knight rises in theaters. um, It was a very defining uh, part of my life. It's what led me to you know, read comics, you know, uh, Batman was a huge, huge part of the reason why I'm like the comic book geek that I am, um, you know, like right now. So I owe a lot to this character. And when I heard that a brand new Batman movie was, you know, like coming and, uh, and, and Matt Reeves is going to be writing and directing it, I was super excited. Uh, uh, um, um, Let Me In is uh, one of my favorite, you know, like horror films. And I, I thought that his style and his, uh, you know, aesthetic was just perfect for the character. And so years and, you know, years and years of waiting, I still remember sitting down and watching that, you know, like DC Dome trailer that, that we got back in 2020, which was absolutely like phenomenal, immediately got everybody hyped. You know, everybody was like talking about it. And yeah, you know, and of course, you know, uh, you know, after numerous delays, it's finally here. And I absolutely, to no one's surprise, adored it. <laughs> um, this is an absolutely phenomenal uh, comic book movie. This, and in my opinion, the definitive Batman movie that we've gone, you know, like so far. This is like, you know, top tier interpretation of the character. We are seeing him in a very early stage, you know, uh, uh, of him as Batman. And the way that this film, in a way, you know, like subverts 
our expectations of Batman as a character and then ultimately, you know, brings it all together, you know, like in the end was just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, like just overall really, really good. And the final 10 minutes uh, is probably one of my favorite, you know, comic book moments uh, I, I've ever seen in, in, in any superhero movie ever. Matt Reeves just absolutely understands the character and just everything that has made the character so endearing and, you know, like, and, 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 and beloved. This is a three hour psychological neo-noir crime movie that, that just perfectly fits, you know, like the tone of what makes, you know, you know, like that, like a great Batman movie. The fighting is gritty and very, you know, like reminiscent of the Batman Arkham games. And there are so there's so much love and passion put into this movie and you know every single character was done perfectly the the main standout of the supporting cast was of course Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman who finally well, finally well, well, we're going to hold well, 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 oh, we're going to hold off we're going to hold off on that one yeah we're going to hold off on that one okay we're gonna, sorry we're going to we're going to get there we're going to get there we're okay. going to get there okay. we're going to get there Pastor Kenneth. don't worry we're we're, we're going to get there just uh yeah yeah let's let's save those thoughts though all right so uh, just to keep it, you know, like plain and simple, it was uh, an amazing movie. Currently, it's my favorite comic book movie. Uh, I know that I've said that a lot in like, you know, like recent films, but I'm going to let it sit with me. But I can see this movie definitely having like a huge impact, you know, uh, in not just me, but in just like comic book movies in general. It is a very special uh, movie that was very refreshing uh, you know, like for the genre, it's exactly what the genre needed. And um, yeah, uh, those are those are my thoughts on it. Kenneth, first of all, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you were able to keep that within like six or seven minutes. I'm surprised. Well, did, you pra- did you practice ahead of time? <laughs> well, I was about to, but then you stopped me, you know, from, <laughs> from like going further. <laughs> well, let me ask you this before I before I go move on to Zach. We all know how much you love Black Widow. You're only able to keep one. The Batman was oh, a Black Widow. No. <laughs> Come on, man. That's, uh, I mean, I know that I kind of said a couple months ago, I, I think I did like a poll way back in like 2020, and I asked which, pe- which one are people more excited, either Batman or Black Widow. Uh, the Batman won, obviously. Uh, and, I, and I said something that was like, you know, uh, even if the Batman is a great movie, I think I'd still stay with Black Widow because it's probably the only Black Widow movie we'll ever get. But now I'm not so sure <laughs> yeah. because I, as much as I adore Black Widow, I think that it's as good as a Black Widow movie could have been in the MCU, but it's still not like the definitive Black Widow movie that I wanted. It's still amazing. I still really enjoy it for what it is. And it was a great closure for, for Scarlett Johansson's, uh, you know, like Black Widow, you know, like it did its job. But then when you compare that with, what is probably the definitive Batman movie, you know, that got everything right. It's like, I mean, yeah, just fuck it. I'm going to go with Batman. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Batman. Somewhere out there, Scarlett Johansson is crying. Yeah. No, come is. on, man. Don't you, say you, that. You let your woman down, Kevin. <laughs> no, come on. Don't It'll make me cry, too. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, if you have your Black Widow solo movie, it's called Red Sparrow. Man, that's out there. Oh, somewhere. God. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even if Black Widow wasn't perfect, it's still miles better than whatever Red Sparrow was. 
I'll never want to want to think of that movie ever again. Yeah, nobody does. So Zachary, my friend, one other my other DC friend here. You, my friend, have been patiently waiting for this as well, and have been pestering me on Instagram about Zoe Kravitz for the past I don't know year and a half or so. So did this film live up to the hype for you, or did it let let you down? <sighs> it's um. Yes, it lived up to my hype. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was trying to think of something witty, but I just stopped myself. <laughs> yeah, some um, good dramatic effect effect there. So there thank you, go. you. I have seen it three times now. Um, oh, Ron, how many times have you seen it? Don't even go there. That's not important. <laughs> but yeah, so see the problem with a Batman, it's it's one of those difficult things where with me being a huge DC fan, obviously. And I was looking forward to this Batman because I love Robert Pattinson. I love the cast. Obviously, Zoe Kravitz and such. I love Matt Reeves' work. I always thought he was going to make a great movie just because of Cloverfield, Planet of the Apes, Let Me In, all that stuff. But the difference from this and like a Birds and Prey or like a Suicide Squad is we've seen this done before, like gritty Batman done before three films, actually, like 10 years ago. So there was still like that part of me that was like, all right, it's Batman. Am I sick of Batman? Let's just see. Will this like look to that hype of that? Will it like regenerate my love for Batman and Catwoman and like everything like that? Because growing up with the Nolan trilogy and then watching the Pat the Keaton films and then Lego Batman and everything, it's like, well, the Cape Crusader actually like make me love him again. And Matt Reeves did it. He like knocked it out of the park to make me like full on like love Batman. Everything was Robert Pattinson, like how he directed him, how he, where we got like, like very little Bruce Wayne, but more of an actual The Batman. That's what like lived up the hype for me more than anything. Because the, my biggest problem with like The Dark Knight, because I know we're going to talk about The Dark Knight a lot, because this, this and The Dark Knight are like neck and neck to me. And the problem with my like issue with The Dark Knight was there was like not a lot of Batman. It was mainly like, you know, he's Ledger's Joker, Bruce Wayne, and more like a political drama with Harvey Dent. And like, there's more story with that. This one was straight what I always love about Batman, especially in the Arkham games, is him being a detective and solving a case and solving like what is going on with the Riddler. So I did feel like some homages to The Dark Knight, but this one just felt like just through and through like a bat, like I was actually reading a Batman comic, especially recently finally reading The Long Halloween. It felt just like a big giant graphic novel, just a three hour glorified version of it. And um, mixed with like David Fincher 7. And a weird comparison, but a little bit Jigsaw from a, like, you know, Saw and stuff from the Riddler. There was just some, like, nasty, gritty things throughout this whole movie. And at points, I was like, well, how would this conclude? How are we going to get to a point A to a point B with Batman? And I was just blown away, especially on rewatch and, like, processing that ending. It, like Kenneth said, it's probably one of the greatest like comic book endings of all time. Because yes, we had that big battle sequence kind of with the um with the garden, the Gotham Garden Center, and like the flooding and stuff. But that's not what the ending is supposed to like signify. It's supposed to signify that Batman is the beacon of hope. Hence the big shot of him with the flare and like taking everybody in, and him finally becoming after two years of what he has set out to be. And I think that had a bigger impact on me than I thought. It would because obviously the second time when I saw it was Friday in the morning, like right after seeing it that previous night. And I I started tearing up in that ending scene, just thinking about like 
how far this character has grown within three hours and how within three hours we already had like the best Batman, like the best portrayal Batman we've ever seen in a live action form. I know Keaton's great. I know Bale's great as he is, but Pattinson just through and through what I always love about the character. And this is a three hour movie with so many positives. I know Rod broke it down in a section of the section, so I'm not going to go full into it. But all in all, this is like probably... It's not the, to me, it's not the best comic book movie of all time, but it is the best, like, DC-esque movie, you can say. I still have, like, a few other comic book movies that feel more like a comic book movie than this one, but this one, through and through, is probably is the best DC movie. That's, that was great, because I remember, you know, you and I talked for a little bit, I, I, I forget, what Friday, we talked about it quite a few times over the weekend, and, you know, I one of the things that I loved, which we're going to get into, is just the way Gotham's portrayed. You know, it finally feels like we finally get a great look at Gotham and how corrupt and really shitty it actually is, you know. And I, I do want to say, I, because Twitter has started this thing now ever since probably those opening, those uh, first greetings on Tuesday, they've already started like degrading the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins. And yes. it's like, can we not, can we just not, if it wasn't for those movies, we wouldn't even have this. We would not have this version of Batman if it wasn't for those Nolan movies. We would still have bat nipples. We would <laughs> definitely still have bat nipples. So, exactly. Yeah, I agree. It's it's getting to a point now where it's just getting absolutely like out of hand. The level of people just tearing down, you know, like on the Dark Knight trilogy. It's like, look, it's okay. You can prefer the Batman. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's absolutely no need to be tearing down, uh, you know, like Nolan's Batman movies just for that. There's still great batman movies and i'm not even comparing them for the most part i don't even want to bring up you know like the dark knight you know i just want to treat this one as its own thing and 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 what it personally did right and the way that twitter's been handling is just awful yeah it's just very unfortunate (laughs) yeah that's true that's twitter that that is true benjamin we both have this as our third highest or third most anticipated film of the year (laughs) that's right you know, we've, we've, we've talked about the trailers, or at least the first two. We talked about it for a little bit. What was it yesterday after mm-hmm. we recorded our other episode? And so I, but we've kind of stayed away from talking about it until now. So now I can finally hear your overall general thoughts because we've kind of just went briefly here and there. Right. So generally, it's going to sound like I don't like this movie because y'all love it so much. <laughs> it, it is a really good movie. There's a lot of positives I have. I know you guys will bring up. And I will agree with a lot of it, but there's just a few things here and there that kind of eat at me a little bit, but I'm, I've only seen it the once. So I'm hoping rewatches will help that. And I feel like this conversation will help <laughs> with, uh, with that a lot too. So it's, I will get into the, the, where it ranks um, in the, in the whole Batman universe. So it's, it's not as high as you guys, but I still did enjoy my time. And uh, the ending too, I felt you bring up the last ten minutes. That is good, but like before that, I was kind of feeling the runtime a little bit and was confused about where we were going story-wise. But the first like half, I guess it's it can be maybe a little slow, but it's it's pure world building, especially in that beginning part. So I was totally down for that, uh, and it's a beautiful, amazing world that 
that uh, Matt Reeves makes. And I say beautiful. I mean, it's a grungy, <laughs> dirty city, but I just you want to look at it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to, you want to see what all the people are doing and the, I mean, the iceberg lounge and everything. So uh, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, we'll talk about it. The music, the performances from the cast, the visuals, the, the riddles, <laughs> there's, there's a lot good, and I don't want to sound like uh, too too negative because it is really good. I walked out like seven and a half or eight, but it, it may go up and may go down. I don't know. But I'll I'll get into the negatives too. But I guess yeah, just generally, it's kind of hard for me to explain because it's like it's it's really good, but then I'm also like ah, there's there's other ones I kind of enjoy more, I guess. So yeah, for me, I'm kind of kind of I run into the same problem that you do, especially like when it comes to comic book movies. Like I'm just ready, especially if it's like a really good comic book movie. I'm ready to say. Man, that's a top five comic book movie. Or that's or a top Marvel. three comic book movie. Yeah, mainly for Marvel. Yeah, you know, it's just because it's just a different experience walking out of a good comic book movie than just walking out of like a regular good movie. At least that's that's just me personally. So I wanted to be careful with how I treated my review for this, which is why I, I didn't post my letterbox review until like Saturday night or Sunday morning. I really, I really wanted to tread lightly on how I felt about it. But the one thing that I was very clear on after my first viewing on one that wednesday was i am robert pattinson is my batman and just from the open those opening minutes his narration was beautiful was haunting it was i loved it the i loved the way this is one of the first batman movies where i actually reeves did such a great job of making you fear the batman just those those shots of you know the shadows alone i'm like that that is batman i love that but the biggest praise I said, I said in my letterbox review is the, just the world of Gotham and the world building it does and just, you know, how corrupt. And I think Zach, you said it was like how slimy and icky and gross it is. It's just, you know, because even in, I said I want to do this, but I'm, I'm going to have to, even in the Nolan films, like you see a little bit of that, but it's also, you see a lot of the high, you know, the, the, the more beautiful sides of Gotham as well. Here, I feel like, Gotham's more portrayed the best. I think here and in Joker, because I went back and watched Joker the other day too. And I think Joker did a good job as well of portraying a kind of a shitty Gotham, even though you don't see a whole lot of it because it's not really the point. But that, you know, the stuff you do see of Gotham, it's really great. But here especially, I just love that. And I forgot, I think Ben, you said just the overall cinematography and the visuals, just beautiful. I mean, there's that one shot of, I think it's, of, of of batman and selena on the on the construction building i think it's like when the sun rises it's like one of the only few yeah. times it's daylight i'm like god damn and i haven't seen this in imax i really want to see an imax i've only seen adobe in the regular regular screen i know it, it is it's glorious i i really need to see <laughs> it this is absolutely IMAX. amazing i kind of want to get that tattooed on me the shadow their shadows and like yeah. how you see the outline is badass it's just it's just rude it's probably one of the more someone i forgot who on youtube said it but someone said it's probably the most beautiful comic film to date I'm not ready to say that yet, but it's it's up there. It's definitely up there for me. And then this is this is a comment going straight. Uh, I want I want Warner Brothers to hear because you know they listen all the time every week. Y'all need to go ahead and throw away your shared cinematic universe. Just throw that shit away. Get rid of it. Be done with it. Just be done with it now. Because now we've had two comic book, the last two standalone DC films you guys have had have been received really well. Now I know we kind of all have different opinions on Joker. I know Kenneth. I know you love it, and I Zach. I'm not sure how exactly you feel about it. You're kind of yeah. It was like when I first watched, I was like, oh yeah, this is a masterpiece. And every rewatch, it kind of just goes down because mainly for me with Joker is the um how the social commentary is very forced, not forced, but like on the nose. 
on there we go but yeah on the nose just very like oh okay yeah i get it that's one thing that this film did a lot better for me than joker it had it's honestly almost the same type of story with riddler and how just like privilege like everything that was going on with joker is kind of similar here with riddler but i felt like reese told it better where it was more subtle and Mm -hmm. it was like you got the message more as the story kept going on and how the impact of this renewal plan impacted everybody and how shitty these crime bosses are, especially right. Falcone. So, oh God. That's yeah. I, I can't want to talk about Tatura because I no underwear shots, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> no bubble. Thank you, Michael Bay. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my biggest praise of this film was just the exploration of Gotham. I mean, right from the get-go. I mean, I, is there a scene where it's not fucking raining either? I mean, good God. I mean, it is raining just constantly in this just film. Just that skyline <laughs> got said about. That's pretty much the only one. I'm just like, because we, we're that talking game, about like oh. good double features of like this and Joker, this and Blade Runner 24 and 9. I had to, when you said 24 and 9, I was yeah. like, yeah, that's actually a better comparison because. That was Kenneth's pick, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. Um, I said I got like huge Blade Runner twenty four nine vibes. There's so much in common, down to like the way that Batman acts here, and also mm-hmm. you know like uh, and also you know like Ryan Gosling, you know like Officer K. Um, mm-hmm. he they both feel extremely similar, and just you know like that slow burning feel and the rain and all that. I was like, my God, I want to see this and Blade Runner twenty four nine back to back. Like it, it would just look. Oh, not to mention like you know, like the skyline shots of like of like Gotham and like all you know, like and and um, you know and, and all like like and all you know, um, like the screens and the colors and all that. It gave me like a cyberpunk vibe, you know, like sometimes, and it looked so amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and talk about Robert Pattinson now because he is our you know our focal point here. He is the Batman, and there was skepticism about him when he got cast. I think those skeptics hadn't seen his other indie works like Good Time or The Rover or High Life or any or The Lighthouse for that matter. So, Zach, I know you're a big Pattinson fan, so I'll let you go first here. Did he deliver? Hundred percent. All right, easily next. like you said. <laughs> uh, Pattinson's now my Batman. It's um, it, it's so good how much he delivered. I may I will say though, I think Zoe Kravitz was probably the better character in my opinion, acting wise. And her and Dano are neck and neck for me. But Pattinson, he as Batman, he really freaking delivered. And um the Matt Reeves said it like I think it was a little bit after he was announced as Bruce or as Batman. He was like the people, like the fans that got it, they were excited. The fans that didn't got it obviously haven't seen anything past Twilight. And it's it showed because I remember like right after the DC trailer or the DC fandom trailer, I went to like some movie store and this girl was just talking to her coworker. I was like, that guy cannot act worth the shit. He's a terrible actor. I'm just like, you have no idea what you're talking about because good time, lighthouse, the rover, even like his smaller, like cheesy films like Remember Me and Water for Elephants. He's still a good actor. He knows what he's doing. And Pattinson 
full on through knew what he was doing for Batman. And it was freaking incredible. Even like the Bruce Wayne moments, it's a different iteration of Bruce Wayne to me because we he hasn't earned that Playboy status yet. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway is he's gonna develop that as time goes on as his character. But right now he's just a 20-something-year-old guy listening to Nirvana, thinking he's vengeance and thinking that he just wants to do good and doesn't care about the money right now that's not what he's his father or the Wayne legacy is and I think Patterson balanced both perfectly both times and at one point and the biggest thing about Batman that uh, that I always saw throughout the like the movies the comics and like the games and stuff is Batman is really the Bruce Wayne is really the mask he puts on. Batman and who he truly is. I think Pattinson balances it out perfectly, where he's in that right middle zone of where Bruce and Batman are kind of coexisting within each other, especially in that last act. It just showed through and through, and he was an incredible Batman. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's it goes to show you too, like he does a lot just with his eyes in this movie. He does there's a lot of acting just with his eyes, and it's. Not a lot of actors can pull that off. And I think he pulled that off wonderfully, you know, just from when a certain revelation happens, you know, whether it's, you know, the stuff about his parents coming out and, you know, he's taking off the mask and everything and just his eyes. He's just, it's, it's a great thing of show, not tell. Definitely. And I think Reeves, I read a lot of stuff about Reeves and Pattinson, how Pattinson, or Reeves was really disappointed when Reeves or when Pattinson got cast in Tenet. I don't know if you guys saw that. And I was like, no. Uh, yeah, that, that, I think that just came out like today or yesterday or something. But I'm glad he was able to get Pattinson in this because I don't I don't know if anyone, whoever their, their backups were, options were for the Batman. I don't know if those actors could have pulled off what Pattinson had pulled off for this movie. And I I I love that we don't get that flashy billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne in this because that that wouldn't fit the mood or the tone for this movie. It's not it's not needed not yet. In the second film or the third film maybe, but here. I, I liked, you know, his, you know, he's back talking to Alfred. Alfred's not taking his shit. And I like that. I like how, you know, he's antisocial. I, it's very. The scene. Yeah, I love that. So I was getting ready to mention that when he gets out of the car and everyone's like, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, he just turns around. He doesn't want to be noticed. He doesn't want to be seen. And that line he says, of, or when he's talking to Alfred, like, oh, is Bruce Wayne making an appearance? Yeah, because the villain might be there. I love that. He doesn't want to be out in public. He's antisocial. I lo- and I love that about it. It's a, it's a different Bruce Wayne than what we've gotten with Batfleck and with uh, Christian Bale. So, yeah, for that, and that, those are the reasons for me. You know, I, we can talk about the brutality and how, how badass he is in his action scenes. But, you know, the, the acting just with his eyes alone and that opening sequence, that opening narration, I was like, this guy's my fucking Batman. This is what we've been waiting for. And I, I totally. love it. The one thing about the eyes is I love the little like quick explanation about like the he records with the his eyes because when mm-hmm. he was like going through that first crime scene I was like why is he why that was gonna be like one of my first nitpicks is like why is it moving so slow like he's yeah. like looking and then quickly it explains like he's recording I was like oh my god that's genius and that's then really so smart. you especially yeah especially on rewatch you see him look more throughout the movie it's like he's recording everything because he can't remember at all just because of how much goes on all right kenneth zach and i've given our thoughts where where do you land so as as batman i think that um because i'm a huge you know like ben affleck fan i love uh ben affleck as batman 
And I, I, I saw when when I finished while watching the movie, I, I saw it this way. If Affleck captured the physical brutality of Batman, Pattinson captured the psychological side of Batman incredibly well. Um, this is a Batman that's young, that's angry. And to me, this is like a, to me, this movie is mostly about a tale of vengeance. It's about, it, it's about how vengeance can blind you, you know, and, and, and make you, you know, you know, like lose your way. And I think that Pattinson captured that part of, you know, like Batman, like so flawlessly, the way that, that, that he's just so caught up by his anger that he's even terrifying the very people that he's supposed to like protect and, 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 you know, like that to me was just very incredible because, you know, like we, we don't see that, you know, Batman is supposed to be, you know, like a symbol of fear, but you know, what happens if, if Batman is feared by the very citizens of like Gotham? And, and I think that this film captured that, that question, you know, like, um, like about him and, and challenging him to become something more than just, you know, like that, like his vengeance, you know, Bruce Wayne is, is a boy, you know, who's just lost in his own anger. He beats down on these criminals as if they were the ones that like killed his, his, um, you know, like parents, he's not out to like save Gotham. He's out there to, to just, you know, uh, you know, to just live out his own vengeance. He doesn't care, you know, like about that. And, 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 and throughout the film, he's starting to wonder, you know, if he's actually made like an effect, like, you know, like in, 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 in Gotham city, how it's been two years, but crime and murders are, are still rampant. They're still going up and, and all that. And once he realizes that vengeance is, you know, like not the way a, you know, to like go and, and, and realizes that he has to become something more. Um, I think that Pattinson captured that psychological side of, of, you know, Batman so well. And, and, you know, and just, I mean, this, and, you know, like this, this, this is like my Batman fanboy speaking, but he just looks so fucking cool. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I just think that everything about him, you know, like, uh, you know, like from his suit to like his whispering, you know, you know, voice to like his stares and, and everything. He he just looks so awesome. You know, he he looks like he's ripped straight out of, um, uh, uh, you know, like like the comics. And and um, you know, I, I I remember telling this to like Zach. You know, the moment that I that I came out of watching the movie, I told that I loved how human he feels in this and how you know, uh, just genuine and like authentic, everything about his technology and his suit and, you know, like everything is, I, I love how, I mean, I wish that they changed that later, later on, but I like how he flies, not by using, you know, like his cape, but like having like this glider suit that he has to use to like fly around. And that was like really cool, you know, that that was like a very, you know, like, um, you know, like in, intriguing way. And I love how, human and just vulnerable Batman feels. And you really do get a sense that at the end of the day, Batman is just a guy, you know, he, 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 he's just a man, you know, there's, you know, he can't be everywhere at once. And you can, and you really do get at like this sense of like pressure, you know, just like overwhelming him and of just trying to, who, you know, you know, like save the day, even though there's just so much going on 
Um, and I think that that was captured so well. And I hope that they really do retain that humanity of Batman, you know, throughout, you know, like the coming in, you know, like sequels and, 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 and you know, like, um, you know, like all that stuff. And I think Paddington is, he's, he's tied with Affleck as my number one. He, he's really, really, really high up there, which, which for, for like a first movie, that's impressive because, you know, like he really did, you know, like nail it, you know, from the rage of like Batman to also capturing, you know, you know, like his more vulnerable psychological side uh, of him. It was just, you know, like phenomenal. And, you know, and just like, you know, Zach and, and Rod just said, uh, the way he just acts with his eyes, you know, I have a thing for like stoic, you know, like emotionless, you know, kind of like, um, you know, like stern roles, you know, uh, you know, most of like quiet roles that like actors do. And, and I was like, oh, shit, a three hour Batman movie where he's just brooding and just, you know, and just and, and, and just, you know, you know, I, you know, like turning you know, you, you, uh, you, um, um, uh, turning very slowly and dramatically. That's my shit. <laughs> you know, like I was fully, you know, you know, like into this version uh, of Batman. You know, like all the way. A and I also think that he pulled off a very good, you know, like Bruce Wayne for this type of movie. He <clears throat> and yeah, I I just love what Pattinson gave us here, you know, a more quiet, you know, introspective, you know, a detective Batman, but one that's also fueled with rage and, and like anger or, and yeah, those, those are like my thoughts on, on, uh, you know, Pattinson definitely tied with Affleck for me. He's, he, he's absolutely um, amazing. Thank you, Pastor Kenneth. I really appreciate it. We'll get your uh, 10, 15 minute speech in there. that was well said that was well said said. a little bit on the other side for me i'm not as big a fan as the of the brooding side for for most movies i guess uh so ben affleck isn't one of my top (laughs) tier batman but i do appreciate what they did here with uh with pattinson's and he is a good actor we don't have to go through all that but yeah he does he does the brooding very well and the the arc you can see of his character so i i understand where he's coming from and of course they don't do the pearls hitting the pavement thing with his parents again but you definitely feel <laughs> like you you know you you know that's happened for his character but you can definitely feel that from his his presence and his uh his acting and especially in the back cave and stuff being or wherever he is being glued to the screen and everything and and focusing all his energy now on on batman and trying to well he learns i guess more to to help the citizens of gotham but he's he's vengeance like like he says all the time uh you get how angry he is it's just that yes with uh like keaton and bale not to keep going back to them but those were more the ones i i grew up with i guess and more so lean towards like zach you said uh, off screen that what you what you see first or what you grow up with is a lot uh, uh what you attach to and it's harder to break away from that a little bit but some of those uh especially keaton's a little more he's he gets a little crazy a little more fun in the in the bruce wayne role 
um, which is is very different from this one. So it is. Uh, what was the other thing? Yeah. Oh, I'm really interested to see what he does with the uh, second film, also, or however many many more they do, because now it seems like he wants to be that symbol of hope, and I'm really interested to see what he does with that, and then maybe he would be. Uh, we get to see more of that arc, and then maybe he would rank higher on my uh, my Batman overall. So there is there is hope there. But yeah, for for what he's <laughs> given, and it fits so well with this movie, he does really well. Um, so I, I will say that. One thing I want to mention too is I love that we kind of touched on the ending a little bit. One of my favorite parts of that ending is when him and Selena are you know, parting ways, getting ready to say goodbye and everything. I love that scene so much because she's like, aside from Alfred, she becomes that one person he really becomes comfortable with throughout this entire movie. And you feel that bond, that chemistry grow, you know, throughout the entire three hour runtime. And so I got choked up when they were parting ways. I thought Reed did such a, such a great job of just, you know, with them riding their, you know, bikes out, you know, going back and forth, kind of like that playful banter, kind of how they were throughout the entire movie. And then that last look, you know, going back to the whole eyes again, that last look he gives her when she's, you know, going off into the shadows and then going back, you know, he has that determined look on his face. Uh, I, I thought I thought that those final moments were handled really, really well. And at this, you know, we're going to talk about Zoe Kravitz, I'm sure, here in a little bit, but she, gosh, she killed him. Their, their chemistry was just, I, I was surprised by how much I actually enjoyed those two. I really, I really am. And uh, Zach, I'm not going to say you were right because I'm not doing that. But I will say Come on. that. <laughs> no, you were right. You were right. I we'll we'll get into it in a second here. But yeah, I I just I just wanted to mention that because I I thought for the most part he wasn't going. I'm, I'm I thought they weren't going to introduce a love interest in the way they kind of did. But I'm glad they ended it with that with her not staying in Gotham even though we all know she's going to come back eventually whether it's in the second movie or the third movie she's coming back but I, re- I really like what they built between those two uh, throughout the three hour runtime. so speaking of Catwoman and other characters let's talk about some other character standouts here shall we Ben we'll go ahead and start with you we'll go back to you who were okay. some of your other character standouts so let's, start, uh, let's just choose one and then we'll okay. go back around if we have others Okay, uh, a bit of this is outside of the movie too, but his uh, performance is minimal, but it was incredible. What we saw, Paul Dano as Riddler, he is by far my standout. Um, and I, I have heard some nitpicks now about him. A lot of his stuff is in video format in the movie, and maybe reminiscent of that one scene in Dark Knight with Joker yelling at people you know that he has hostage i mean sure but uh, i don't know he he was so menacing in those and especially the last scene but i was also laughing at i mean they're not all out jokes but just how kind of crazy he is and manic um, Zorma pumpkin pie <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh gosh yeah it's just it's crazy to me how we get both sides of that so well from him um and i i was yeah feeling threatened when he's showing off the hostages and stuff in those in those videos and and then cutting to him uh with 500 followers and he's like thanks guys for uh all you've been through with me this week and everything yeah but then that that final interrogation scene is amazing and 
him saying uh he's like you know we we work really well together we're a good duo Batman's like what are you what are you talking about no that's not what i'm trying to do and he just keeps trying to convince him of that and then you know kind of not revealing the whole master plan but hinting at it and everything was really sinister so i really i really love that scene and paul dino and even going back to the very beginning um we don't see his face at all of course but the the very beginning is is really throws you into that world and is really creepy with him it is him right looking through the binoculars uh at the at the guy and then just showing up (laughs) in his mansion yeah mayor yeah yeah uh and just showing up there so yeah paul paul dino is my my definite standout uh kenneth let's go to you next my friend Okay, so uh, my, my my standout supporting character, definitely, I'm going to go with, of course, you know, Zoe Kravitz as, you know, like Catwoman. I'm a huge fan of, you know, Catwoman. She has always been, like, my favorite DC female character. Um, I love her, you know, like, back and forth, you know, like, you know, you know, like, taking sides with, like, Batman and more of her. I don't think of her as a villain. She's more of, like, an anti-hero. You know, like at this point, she basically does what she wants. And, you know, if Batman's in, great. If he isn't, then whatever. You know, like, I don't care. You know, she she has her business and she will get it done, you know, whether Batman's in it or 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 not. And finally, because um, I wasn't the biggest fan of a lot of the previous Catwoman, you know, like iterations, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was good casting, but I wasn't a fan of her character. In, in in Batman Returns, uh, uh, Halle Berry was good, but we all whoa, know whoa, how that whoa, is. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> <Calm down> there. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll cut her. All right, you know what? I'll give her a break it's because not she's not Kyle. playing Selena. Exactly. <laughs> there okay. you go. <laughs> she, she's not playing Selena. Okay. Um, and, you know, the Annie Hathaway was... Uh, I liked her writing. I think that she was probably the strongest one in terms of writing but I really don't like her as Catwoman. I think she was very miscast. Um, I don't think that she fits the role of Catwoman at all. So I was just praying, I was hoping, please, for the love of God, let this be a good you know, version of Catwoman. And I, and I was so satisfied. I was so happy you know, that we finally got that version with Zoe Kravitz because she nailed it. She nailed that, you know, like playful banter as well as that, you know, like anti-hero minding her own business is, you know, like attitude that like Catwoman, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, that Catwoman has always had. I like how she's being depicted as more of a survivor, you know, how she's just simply trying to, you know, get through the day, you know, in, in a city as awful as like Gotham, um, you know, and and you really do get a sense of how of how hard, you know, she's like had it, you know, she she, she just has a very rough life life and yeah, after seeing, you know, the dark side of Gotham, which is basically everything, um, um, you know, you you really do get a sense of how uh, how much she has to, like, adapt to, to, to you know, to, like, survive in a city, you know, uh, um, like in Gotham. Some standout scenes for me were the part where she's, you know, inter- interrogating, um, you know, like the DA, but then this girl starts talking about her friend, you know, like, you know, like Annika. And when she walks away, she just goes straight a you know uh you know she she just goes straight to like follow her because you know because batman may care about the da but Catwoman does not give a shit about you know 
you know, I, 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 about what's going on with the DA. She cares about her friend and she wants to know oh, where 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 she is. And 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 again, it's those little moments like 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 that, how ultimately she's out to get what she wants, you know, and and also the the scene where she kicks, you know, like one of the police officers, you know, off the building and Batman has to, you know, like save save uh you, you know you know has to like save him and she runs away again that's probably like the most catwoman thing i've ever seen catwoman do who you know she just she just does not care you know she's a full-blown like anti-hero oh you know like and i like that and there's like you know and there's of course you know like that tragedy going on that batman and catwoman as much as they love each other in a way they just can't be together you know they're they're two completely very different people Oh, and you know, Batman, you know, has this sworn duty to protect this city, but Catwoman is more of a survivor. You know, she doesn't care about Gotham. Um, you know, you, um, 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 you know, you know, like like that. And I feel like this movie captured these aspects of Catwoman that I wanted to see realized so well. Oh, and and yeah, I I could not be more satisfied. She was easily, you know, like the standout for me. Uh, you know, next with you know Paddington, and and yeah, she's definitely like the best supporting character. Um, so yeah, she's my pick. Okay, so for the sake of having then I have to talk about somebody to call twice in the row, I'll go ahead and go next. I know Zach, that's who you're going to pick. Uh, so I will say for just just so Zach can have his uh, thirty minute speech on Zoe Kravitz and why she's just a perfect human being. I I go back and forth between Riddler and. And uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin. And I, I I gotta go with Colin Farrell's Penguin. He, to me, in the limited screen time he has, chews up the entire screen. He was used so freaking well, and I just love I love Colin Farrell in this role. So un- unrecognizable. The he's you know, the we funniest. Were, he really and, is. He he really brings <laughs> kind of the only sort of lightness to the entire movie because this whole film because this whole mood and tone is just dark but and he's used so well here because you can go i Zach kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier you can make him so cartoony and so cheesy and just i saw the place really quickly but the way colin farrell plays him off is so just that matt reeves and colin farrell found this really great balance of how to use them and that car chase sequence so freaking good i love i love the way they used him in that the his introduction scene was great and i love i missed it the first time but you can actually like see him coming down the stairs and everything as batman's trying to fight off these goons and you know he's coming out of the movie he was my my main takeaway was just i cannot wait for that show now i cannot wait for this freaking penguin show because i want because this movie leaves off where he's getting ready to become a new maroni or the new falcone of, of gotham and i, I want i want to see that show I, I want to see that. He is, yeah, I, I can I say well, he's just, he's just really funny. He's got a lot of great lines. And I just love that Farrell just, Farrell, yeah, Farrell, Colin Farrell just ate up every, every ounce of, of, of screen time he could because he, he was just, he was perfect. He was perfect. What's your favorite scene of his? If it's not the, if it's not the intro scene in the club, it's probably when Batman and Gordon are interrogating him. Yep. After the car chase scene, 
I, I think that might be my favorite. Come on. Yeah, I I, I love that scene so much. Yeah, I need that thing one show now. I need that thing one show now. Yeah. Zach. Like I said, he was he reminded me of Tony Soprano, just one moment away <laughs> from saying the gabagoo. You know, <laughs> he, he's just such a I don't know, there's just something so comical about the penguin in this one, especially when he yeah. waddles. When he uh, yep. chained up, <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was, just, that was pretty Joke. funny. I do want to ask real quick too. What? Um, there's nothing penguin like him, ping, penguin like about him. Is that in the comics as well, or some iteration of him in the comics? There's a um, someone actually took uh, like a screen cap of one. Of the, I forgot which comic, but he looks just like that version where his nose is longer, like that. Mm-hmm. And he has like a scarred face, but he doesn't. Like have like the uh Dan DeVito hands. Yeah, and stuff. it's just it's kind. Of, I guess what they're going for. I like it more because more grounded. Is it's, it's yep. just kind of the name. I guess maybe his limp that he has makes him like walk like a penguin and stuff. Oh, so, okay. I know that the second time. Yeah, he has he has to walk with the cane and stuff. Maybe that was yeah the car wreck. Maybe I actually yeah was it after the car scene that he started walking with the cane? No, well. Yeah, because when, when you first see him, he's kind of like because he's like limping down the stairs, like yeah. with the Batman. So I think it might be after that okay. car chase because he should have died. First yeah, that was a big flip. <laughs> yeah, I like all three theater experiences. The audience just was like <gasps> when like the car was just like flipping and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was always just a great moment. So Zach, you're up. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, Dano. <laughs> Dano was uh, incredible. For some reason, I like when I saw like the early reviews, he was um people were saying, Oh, he's not in it that much, but I felt his presence throughout the whole movie, even off screen. I just felt like he's just lurking somewhere. And that's kind of what happened with like seven is when they're trying to find um Kevin Spacey's character, he is like just always there, and like that's what I always felt with like the Riddler, like he's always there, he knows his master plan. And you really don't see John Doe in that movie. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the name, John Doe. I rarely yeah. say that name. Um, you, and it's just very like just you just feel like icky in the back because you just know that he's just right there lurking. Especially that gray opening scene when it's like the mayor walks away from camera and he's just there in the darkness. That was right then and there. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a horror movie. It was terrifying. Um, I like the tone switch with him in the end, though, like where he becomes very like, um, not like he's, he kind of reminds me about a little bit of he's Joker, but he was very like more like eccentric, you can say, like mm-hmm. his mannerism and him like singing that, uh, that opera Ave song. Maria. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> to mention getting, that when I was talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> just like getting on so his good. Batman's nerves and stuff. Yeah. I really like that. I really enjoyed all that. And then, um, so yeah, Dano was a great villain. I think his presence was great. Um, Penguin was amazing. I was that was probably my biggest concern going to this movie was how was he gonna fit within all these characters with Falcone, the Riddler, Selena, and he just like it just all blends in so well. And that's what I always want from a Batman movie is playing like the Arkham games. It's like all these people are around Batman. They're not just like, hey, they're just for this movie. They're never heard from again type of thing. Like with the Nolan trilogy, um, mm-hmm. that's why I like so much. It's like they're all intertwining together. And I felt like the Penguin being in there and setting the seas of him being the next Falcone or Maroney was amazing. It was just done perfectly. Um, and then I could see like 
I know we're going to talk about the special Arkham inmate in the end with Barry Kerrigan, but I just felt with them leaning to more of an Arkham show now, I think that that whole world of multiple villains is going to flow so smoothly and just be more like pace better with all that. But I think the biggest standout was obviously Zoe Kravitz. It's just hard not to say that because I'm a, I was a big supporter as Rod was saying that she was the perfect casting as Catwoman. Like minute that was announced, I was like, yep, that is going to be the definitive version of Catwoman. And watching her High Fidelity show on Hulu, which was unfortunately canceled, she has incredible acting chops. And I think it was very utilized perfectly throughout this movie, like her subtle moments of her care for Annika. And then like everything was her like, just like her presence. That's another thing, like her presence. Minute she walks on screen, all three, all three theater spheres that I have, you just felt the theater. Like, she's like, oh shit, this is an actual, per- like, she's gorgeous. And like, this is Catwoman just through and through that first time. Um, but I think Kenneth said everything perfectly. <laughs> why Selena's amazing. So, um, and why Zoe Kravitz is just perfect role. Um, I loved her costume. I loved a little cat ear. Uh, I thought that, because when that first, like was introduced was like oh that's kind of like very grounded and like kind of cheap but as the movie kept going it just flowed like looked so great with the whole outfit and everything but um yeah that's pretty much maybe there was another character that i found like really good i'm trying to think of it oh falcon yeah he was uh who's the actor's name justin uh, john Turturro. oh john Turturro. yeah he was incredible when they mentioned how Bruce uh, was watching him have his dad perform a surgery on him, I was like, that's the long Halloween that they're doing it right then and there. So I felt that like that was a great fan moment. And uh, yeah, he was just a great like crime boss. Again, you felt his presence, especially as the film went on. Well, it felt but, like a mob movie every time he was on screen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It felt like like a Soprano movie or like one of those mob movies. But I'm surprised none of us has talked about jeffrey wright as jim yes Morgan. i was, about I was to, gonna mention him him and bruce were the perfect that's like the perfect gordon and bruce to me I that's agree. like yeah oh that their banter was so good when he hits him and then they go back on top to Could the thing punch, <laughs> like, I did. yeah <laughs> i love so the good. yeah uh, um I, I love the line where, where he like you know like loads up his gun and he's like no gun and then gordon's like yeah man that's your, that's your thing, thing. <laughs> yeah i'm glad I they like made a point that he's not using guns that's not his thing it mm-hmm. makes i'm glad they're doing it even though i didn't mind it with bat flick i still i get why it's a part of the character and they utilize it great here yeah i think it's very tough uh to me it's very hard to like someone to play gordon better than you know like gary oldman yeah i think that gary oldman is like perfect pitch perfect comic book movie casting he was absolutely like phenomenal but i think that in terms of like the friendship and banter between gordon and batman i think jeffrey wright and paddington nailed it they were so fun to watch they actually felt like an actual partners and 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 an actual like you know like genuine duo you know there's this level of like trust but also you know like playful like banter going on there's that whole bit with like the thumb drive you know that 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 was like very funny and you know kind of like that you know you know there's kind of like that contrast between you know like gordon's more 
like relatable, you know, like attitude versus Batman's extremely stoic, you know, mm-hmm. and like stern, you know, like, yeah, you know, like attitude that just blends so well for some like very funny moments. Like there's that part where like, you know, uh, uh, dur- during, uh, uh, during, um, um, you know, like the confrontation at the GCPD, he, he, you know, uh, which is one of my favorite scenes in, 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 in the whole movie. Uh, where like Gordon is like pretending to like argue with him, but he's actually you know like whispering. It's so funny and it, it's so like subtle. And I think that it's just little moments like that that just made Batman and Gordon feel like such a genuine, you know, like friendship and and and, and you know like, duo. And I absolutely love them. I think Jeffrey Wright is definitely my my second favorite standout. You know, like b- 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 you know like but. B- besides um you know like zoe kravitz um i think that jeffrey wright is almost you know like right up there he's he's so damn good you kind of took what i was getting ready to say kenneth like i think Gary oh, is still my favorite gordon but i think i prefer the chem the the, the chemistry of the duo of mm-hmm. pattinson and and, yeah. and Wright. yeah batman yeah batman and gordon are always fun to watch but like i think that jeffrey wright and pattinson nailed it the most but yeah, it's just very tough to like, you know, surpass Gary Oldman. He was so good. But yeah, like Jeffrey Wright is is uh, did did more than an amazing job as you know, like Gordon. It's hard to surpass Pat Hingle too. From the, no, he was okay. Who? Oh, oh, I like J.K. Simmons. So the man got jacked for no reason at all. <laughs> the Tomorrow War? He was jacking that? Yeah, yeah. Up, Jack. <laughs> um, it says a lot, too, in that GCPD scene when there is a ton of policemen around and there's some words thrown and then Batman's about to knock some of them out and Gordon just like puts up his finger and he's like, no, down boy. And he he stops. Uh, there's there's a lot of trust there. So at at first I was like, I was like he he has so much rage in him, Batman, that I feel like he would have done a little more. But I it's they're they're building on that relationship between the two, which I think is done so well that he, you know, pauses and and listens to him. And, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that the main reason for that is because I think. From the beginning, Batman knows that Gordon is not like corrupt, so it, it's like yeah. you know, I, yeah. So I, he knows that Gordon is not in on it. He knows that like he he's not like you know corrupt like like the rest of like the entire the police entire force of Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that line in the end when they're at um, Riddler's uh, apartment. He was like, "You're a good cop." That yeah, felt that. like yeah. that acting right there felt so yeah. real. Like, yeah, that, oh, that was just a great line delivery of that. Yeah, and, so yeah, yeah, go go ahead, Ben. Uh, I was gonna say I like uh Bat's relationship with Gordon better than with Selena. <laughs> Honestly, I got more out of that relationship. Uh, I like the thumb drive. Bit. I know Kenneth mentioned it, but the thumb drive bit would just that gives like all three theater <laughs> experiences, everybody laughs at that bit. And that's what like the biggest praise for this film is like people were saying, Oh, it's not funny, it's not like people are like saying oh there's not a lot of jokes in it and it's like it's very like serious like i don't think so i laughed like a lot throughout yeah. the whole movie it felt yeah. like genuine humor like i know we're so used to like quips and stuff and like quick jokes and stuff but 
this one actually felt like actual like grounded real life humor of what would they say in that situation like again that thumb drive bit and gordon's like oh this guy's hilarious that again that line delivery is just so perfect and Mm -hmm. it's just hilarious to watch i want to mention too like you know because there's been talk about you know some people you know not enough action scenes i thought the action scenes were well spread out and i thought there was more than enough and this movie didn't really call for that this is a slow burn detective style movie and you know, we haven't seen Detective Batman, you know, the world's greatest detective yet until this movie. And you're right, Zach. I remember you mentioned earlier talking about that first scene, the crime scene, you know, where he's just walking around slowly. And I was curious where they were leading with it because I was like, you tell us, like, okay, where are we going with this? Why is it just creeping around like a freaking stalker, like a, like a creep, just kind of observing everything? And then it's like, like you said, it's when he takes out that contact and he's watching everything. It's like, ah. But I also like too how he jots down everything. He just writes everything down. I, it's year it's little two. things like that that I love. Yeah. yeah, year two. I I love that stuff. So because it'd be kind of like not uh, stupid, but it'd be kind of like weird that he's just like monologuing to himself. Like right. he actually right. thinks he he actually thinks he's just a neo neo noir like um, <laughs> uh, the Batman or the Spider Man noir Nick Cage just talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. But no, he's writing down. It's like all right, that's that's badass. There's one scene which we haven't mentioned yet, and we haven't really talked about Alfred because he's not really in the movie that much. But I love that scene at the hospital where he's like, I, you know, I thought I mastered my fear, but I haven't mastered the fear of, you know, losing someone I cared about. I love, I love it's a small scene, but it's really wonderful. And it really shows the humanity of Bruce and, you know, that the one person he still cares about is Alfred. I think it hit him when he was at the hospital the first time and he's like ain't next to ken he's like no just me just i was like oh and andy circus he's not my favorite it's hard to beat malcolm kane malcolm kane can just like minute he starts crying i start crying it's like hard but andy circus was a great one i love again his line delivery everything he like that whole hospital scene was just perfect he what i like about him too is he doesn't take bruce's shit Because Bruce, you know, back talks and stuff a lot. And Alfred's like, hold on, hold on, young man. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to put you like in the place for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Wear your damn cufflinks. You're still a goddamn Wayne. So show some respect. I, I love yeah. that. And that whole conversation about the truth, about what happened with his parents. I love that conversation. Just it wasn't enough, Alfred, but what we got of it, I I ate it all up. I thought I thought Andy Circus more than delivered as 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 Mr. Pennyworth. I think we're going to see him more. Definitely in the oh, absolutely of like him helping him like build stuff not like not like a jeremy irons type of bat alfred where he like basically builds everything for him but like where he's interacting a lot of the detective stuff with him oh yeah i do like yeah we got a little bit of that i think when he was doing the the code the hieroglyphics or whatever <laughs> um he was just sitting at the table working on that <laughs> trying to help him out so i mean alfred was yeah. doing a lot he was doing counting and hyper like the code yeah, yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> that's true well, this goes to show you like Bruce's addiction to being Batman at this point in his life. And Alfred's yeah. kind of having to carry all the load of everything else going on. So. All right. Kenneth, you said you were going to be quiet for this next part because you had no negatives. So, but do you have any negatives as we, as we get into this por- portion of our discussion? Uh, let me think. I guess the, uh, I guess, you brought it up, but I guess a very small nitpick of mine was not enough Alfred. 
Um, I think that Alfred is a very important part of Bruce Wayne's life. And the fact that the film didn't bring him up so much uh, was kind of a bit of a bummer. But this was more of a Batman movie. So we got that replaced with like Gordon and Batman. Um, you know, so like, obviously, this is more of a Batman story. So we focus more on Gordon and, and, and Batman's friendship rather than, you know, like Alfred. I think that's it. Uh, um, I don't, I don't really know what else to say negatively. I think, no, not really. So yeah, I think I'm gonna move on from that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe one other nitpick is I know you guys really liked him, but one minor nitpick: I wasn't completely sold on John Torturo as Carmine because mm. I just kept seeing John Torturo, um, and that kind of messed me up a little bit. But I don't know if that's like, um, I think that that criticism has gone away with every rewatch that I've seen. So I think like the more I go back to it, the more I won't have a problem with it. But yeah, uh, aside from those very minor nitpicks, I think that's pretty much it. So I yeah. agree with you on that kind of too. It took me a minute to be like, all right, hold on. This is yeah. not Michael Bay. This is not a Michael Bay movie. It's not a Michael Bay movie. Exactly. It just felt like, oh God, like, you know, like it just gave me, you know, like Transformer flashbacks. Yeah, but but it's like the more I go back to it, the more I go. Yeah, you know, you know, like this is you know like better. You know, I can't really good. What, what was that bit? What <laughs> 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 bad? Um, you know, we've been good. Falcone, uh, Adam Sandler, the same man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, my point. Uh, <laughs> well, anyways, uh, I'm done with my negative, guys. Go go on. <laughs> I was gonna say they gave him a mustache and glasses. How did you know it was Torturo? Uh, and you're right. Under the yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're going to rabbit hole here. Your, All right, your let's thing go. Was funnier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm you, gonna. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I I'm kind of with you too, Kenneth. I I don't I because I, I I share my nitpick with all three of you. I the Joker scene just did not work for me at all. It, it really, it just takes. Oh, me we're gonna get into that now. Okay. Oh yeah. no, no, no! Let's yeah, do it. It, oh, it worked oh. for me. Yeah, that that Joker <laughs> scene just felt really unnecessary, and it should have oh. either been a post credit scene at the end or just not in it at all. Because I would agree with that, the post credit scene. Because here, it just kind of felt everything else up to that point just felt so it, it flowed really well, and then it just felt like, oh, hey Matt, can you like? put joker in here just for a quick you know just for a quick like two three minutes come on you can do it right so and the scene it's it's a fine scene i just wish it wasn't in the movie personally because I, it, uh, we look we know joker's gonna be in it event in the series eventually and the whole riddler and joker laugh it just laughing i was like eh, this this it's almost and i love eternals but it felt like that eternals post credit scene Mm-hmm. It really did. It, mm-hmm. it really did. Just fell out of place. But that's that really is my only nitpick with this entire movie is that just that one three two to three minute scene. Yeah, that scene kind of made me mad too because, like you said, it was not that that's not grounded, but it does feel like, uh, oh hey, this guy's going to show up too. Remember him uh, from some of the other movies? And then I my mind. It wasn't there, but immediately went to Dark Knight. I'm like, are we going to have a sequel where the Joker is the big bad? And it'll, you know, follow the footsteps. I I trust Matt Reeves to not do that because this one is very unique to the other films. And also, I like Barry 
Keegan, Keoghan, however you say his name. Uh, Keoghan. Let's let's just get let's just get it right because I've heard you, both Keoghan? you guys. Really? It's, it's Barry I Keoghan. think Keoghan. <laughs> yeah, Barry Keoghan. 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 Oh, okay. That's correct. I, I, I like him. <laughs> I like him as an actor, and I am interested to see him in the role. I mean, I, I bet, I bet he'll do good. But yeah, I don't know. It just, it felt, yeah, it felt a little forced to me, like you said, Rod. But then I also think Matt Reeves said he, they filmed uh, kind of multiple scenes with Barry to kind of throw off the scent, even though they, I'm still. Uh, they filmed yeah. two other scenes with him. Yeah, yeah. They had a scene. The main scene that was cut was Pat Sim goes back. And talks to him because he was one of the first criminals he put in Arkham was the yeah. Joker, and he went back to see how the Riddler's mind works. So he asked Barry, like, "What do you know the Riddler and stuff like that?" Yeah, I, I don't know. That that sounds sounds a little better. I don't know though. With the flow, it might have been too weird because no, because then it, that would have been in the middle <laughs> actually of the movie. Yeah, that still would have felt out of place. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, that felt weird to me. Um, and yeah, but you're gonna. You sound like you're gonna defend the role, Zach. Yeah, um, I really liked it, but I well agree it should have been the post credit scene because it's weird how it goes to that amazing ending, and then that, and then the send off. It felt it's like three endings. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of off. So I know like Reeves didn't really want a post credit scene, but I think that would have been a good one. Just like that does it's a tease that's basically all it is it's a tease for the future with the joker but what reese has been saying what they're doing with barry's joker it makes me more intrigued though um like how he doesn't have like a chemical reaction he doesn't have like the typical joker stuff yeah he just can't stop smiling that's the whole thing he has a condition where he just cannot stop smiling so it's very grounded it's not like Joaquin where he can't stop laughing because mm-hmm. he can kind of control that but Barry apparently he cannot stop smiling so that's going to be very creepy I think his whole look through the shadow it remind me a lot of Arkham Joker like just mm. the whole crazy hair and like the burnt face it's just something reminiscent of that um, but yeah I just I just liked his Joker like his joke I can always see that his Joker is going to be the most like grounded version because Joaquin's Joker is a little bit more like again eccentric towards the end and very much like play into like more not campy but like as the film progresses in joker more of like a care like a caricature kind of to me as is barry it feels like an actual like person within this world just from those few minutes but yeah i don't want to get into all joker discussion about about that thing (laughs) I, i disagree with you on that a little bit with the Joaquin thing, but that's because Joaquin's my favorite Joker. But that's a that's a that's a whole conversation for another day that we don't have time for. But yeah, <laughs> that's a debate question. Yeah, that that would be a good debate question. Um, ben, what do you have? Oh my, okay, okay. So Kenneth and Zach, we can go out now and uh, <laughs> come back later. Sounds good. So let me see. I I wrote down several things here, and like I said, Let's overall. Overall, overall, I do enjoy this movie, but there are several things. So I guess let's just skip to the the kind of ending like 30 minutes, if you will. But before the awesome monologue at the very end uh, from from our paths. So, oh, can someone first of all, can someone explain to me the renewal, like what that is? Because I didn't really understand. So I just know it's a government thing that. Bruce's dad set up 
and for pot for the under for like um impoverished privileged yeah. lower class or, yeah okay and um basically they the mob just used it as bribes basically for like the lower class and just used them for themselves because it was yeah. just a pit of money that thomas wayne had and falcone kind of just used that money to bribe other policemen mobsters and basically just made a whole underground world of falcone yep and it went under like a lot of government because it was a renewal it was fund. so it was, it was like i guess not i don't think it can be taxed i don't know i'm not i don't think no. so <laughs> that's probably why it was very under because money that can't be taxed basically like laundering money that's basically i guess the gist of it and yep. thomas was in on it or just no. knew about it no didn't no, even he, know he really wanted to help the pot the lower class so yeah. but once he died once falcone got him killed um he it was just a part of his whole game the whole time he probably found the whole thing and yeah okay that's why Riddler right. was mad because the corruption and everything and Riddler was like that was probably could be something that could have helped him back then and then when the the whole he was an accountant and stuff so when that landed on his file on his desk he remembered like oh the renewal fund something i could have had as a kid mm-hmm. okay yeah. and he's he's more met well i guess he's sort of mad at thomas for setting that up but he wasn't the one okay and rewatches will help me uh understand that a little more but i was still more just mad at bruce yeah okay <laughs> yeah just just watching it it was it, it was a lot of information for me to oh, totally to handle okay i got it more um, the second time it, you, mm, it yeah. fleshed out a lot more when like because that first time you got like all the new stuff happening at once yeah yeah the second time you get the story more and it's yeah it's clear y- yeah y- yeah, it's definitely a movie that will benefit from from like multiple rewatches. Uh like even on my first watch, it was a lot to, you know, to like, you know, take in with like Cavalman, you know, Falcone, Penguin, and you know, who's this, who's that, what's going on? <laughs> what the hell is and, drops? Uh, <laughs> what the hell is drops? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, with the whole, you know, like Rata, you know, like uh, you know, like uh, you know, like um um like a lot of you know who's the rat with wings is it penguin is it this guy is it batman and you know like the, the you know like at first glance like the plot is going all sorts of places yeah um you know so obviously on on a first watch it can be a lot but uh on, on my third viewing it it's definitely a film that just flows a lot better you know with like rewatches okay uh yeah that el rata a lot of i i did not <laughs> think of penguin but they were like, "Oh, yeah, it's got to be penguin." And I was like, "What? Well, what? Rat with wings?" I don't know. Some some of those were a little. But then the U R L, uh, that twist that he knows or penguin figures it out, uh, was was good. So, uh, stool pigeon is said a lot more than I thought it would be, in a major superhero movie. Uh, that's that's just a funny one though. Uh, Falcone at the top. I guess it's I guess it was a little surprising he was the rat overall, but I like knew his character was bad the whole time so it wasn't like a big surprise that he was even more bad than we thought he was <laughs> so that i don't know something like that wasn't as big a reveal as i'd hoped it would be i don't think that was meant to be a big reveal for us i think that was a big reveal for bruce in, in, in that sense i think we kind of knew where that was heading towards really easily but i don't you know because bruce is so focused on this being batman and everything i think and because he you know him this whole time thinking his parents are good and everything i you know i don't think that's him thinking falcon was kind of the mastermind or the head of all of this i don't think that's that was more of a reveal for him the character and for us to kind of 
be on that journey of Bruce discovering that. And okay. GCPD, like with the biggest crime bust in all those years with Maroney just being a, a wash, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's something too that'll help in rewatch. I know a rewatch. I know they mentioned Maroney a couple times, but uh, and then one of the biggest things was the uh, okay. Well, the the writing of Catwoman in the ending here. It's not a total twist of character, but she was so, and Zoe Kravitz does it well, nothing on her. It's the writing for the character that I feel like she just kind of turns vengeful uh, against her father. Let's talk about the father first. Uh, it turns out to be Falcone, which didn't really, I didn't see it coming at all, but it also, I was like, it. I don't really get much from this. It wasn't a big it didn't really matter <laughs> to to me, I guess. Did it? Did it? You guys? Was it like? I mean, I thought I, I hit me pretty hard. I I was I you know it's not like a big emotional thing, but I right. I think it, that's another thing when you go back on rewatches when you kind of figure out what's really going on this entire time. I because I, I I forgot to say this, but like I I love what they did with Selena Kyle in this because she's kind of like. Black Panther wasn't Civil War, but she has more of an agenda and she's really pushing the plot forward a lot more than you when you originally would think. Mm -hmm. So for me, that reveal worked. I wish I do wish that we had spent maybe a little like a couple more scenes, you know, just, you know, maybe talking like her talking with Bruce or something about her upbringing and stuff like that. Yeah, worked. Mm -hmm. Maybe see Lisa Bonet as her mom. I don't know. Okay, come on. All right. Come back, come back to it. Come back, come back. Hey, that's a, that's a good thing. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, I think that that sums up well that I, I wish we had more of her upbringing because it just kind of thrown in, oh, my father figure is this. And I was like, well, I we haven't really heard much about that before. So it doesn't affect me that much. Um, and then going more on to her character that she just wants to go kill him. I don't know. It. It's not it's not anything bad, I guess. I mean, in terms of the story, but I don't know. It just seemed like a little bit of a flip for her character, even though I know she's she's going after all these people to, to figure out what's going on, but then I don't know. I don't really have much else for that. But then but Batman shows up and saves the day, of course. So all right. And then Dano, love it. We get the reveal, it's building up to that, and he's gonna take down the whole city. I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on? And it's He's breaking the levees uh, around the city, which I didn't know existed, and flooding the place. And that just seemed really random and like a really big third act that they wanted to have. Actually. Okay. <laughs> no, I was I, the only thing that like I could see where it does get very anticlimactic, kind of, or very like just rushed to like a big type of ending. But yeah. the whole, I think the way I see it is. Real quick, I just like how every time Ben does a negative, we're like explaining it to him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, like, like ruin your opinion or anything. But the way I just see it with the flooding is he wanted to basically just get everybody into that one place, like the mayor, Jim Gordon. He knew Bruce would be there, and just basically everybody he wanted to like kill with the minions or like his little minions just in that one place. And to get, like, everybody, like, in the same level that he apparently lived in of, like, just, like, low, like, you know, flooding and stuff like that and just all that. Yeah. 
I, I I personally think that the third act grew on me more the more I watched it because you know when I first because when I first watched it I did think that oh they're trying to have a big CGI you know like big final battle or something and you know oh look you know they're flooding Gotham but I think the more I I went to it not only did I started liking it more because it felt like something straight out of a comic book um, but it also just really I I felt more of Batman's like desperation, you know, like the more that I go oh, back to it, how he's just a guy and he's really just trying to like, you know, like do his best and and and, and trying to like keep up with whatever's happening. He has to take down like these Riddler or, you know, like thugs while also trying to save his, his city from like, you know, uh, you know, from 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 being literally, you know, like washed away and 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 just being you know you, you, you know, like flooded entirely there's a part where he takes you know like a full on you know you know like shotgun blast to the chest chest <laughs> and that just completely uh, and that just completely you know like tires him out you know he he you know like he can't go like 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 you know like a, any farther i like how the 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 third act was let was less about the stakes it was more about batman just simply trying I, you know, to, to like save the day, but never, you know, but it, it just starts taking like a toll on him. I, 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 I really started to feel, oh, you know, like his, his exhaustion, you know, throughout like, like, like the whole thing. And it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I really dig like, you know, like that third act, the, the more that I go back to it, because you know, it was less than about, oh, look, you know, pretty, you know, like CGI and, and stuff. No, it, right. it, 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 yeah, it, it was more about uh, finalizing, you know, like Batman's arc in, 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 in a way and leading up to that incredible, like, last 10 minutes. It's, you know, with his, you know, character and, you know, but yeah, I can definitely, you know, like, understand why that third act would turn some people off. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, you know, I, but, but, you know, the, 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 those are my thoughts on it. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll take a while for me to get, <laughs> cause it, yeah, it's, it does feel kind of not totally anticlimactic, I guess, but it, it builds up. And then I was like, Oh, that's it. But then, yeah, really like that when he gets the flare and everything and leading everyone out. I mean, that's cool. And then the monologue and him getting out and everything was, yeah, but it's just, I don't know. It, it seemed, it seemed random to me. And the the adrenaline thing in his leg zach okay actually <laughs> <laughs> anyone Come else on, for zach, a second not... i, I want to ask zach and kenneth is did anyone else for a second think that was um uh uh, uh the bane's uh, Bane uh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah Completely. i was like yes yeah holy shit it is it is yeah yeah is it, it, is it is confirmed that it is i think it is confirmed that it is that's what i was about to say it's venom it's bane's venom yeah Okay. I think, yeah, there's it, yeah, it, it reminded me so much of this comic uh, story that I read called Batman Venom, where Batman tries to save this little girl from drowning, but he can't because he's too weak. You know, he he he's just, you know, like, like a man and, you know, and, you know, he can't lift like this super heavy boulder and, and this girl dies, you know, like, because of it. And he's so weighed down by that. He's, he feels so guilty that, you know, he he starts using, you know, like Bane's Venom. And, and, you know, and, and when I saw it here, you know, and like him using it as that, you know, like final push, or, you know, to like save Catwoman, I was like, oh, you know, that's just mm. like, you know, you know, you know, that, that, 
that's just like you know like in the comic that 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 was cool but yeah they they don't really explain if it's bane's venom i you know uh i i'm i'm guessing that it is you know uh, i i think it, it was you know like confirmed but okay. yeah well okay that's not as bad as the joker scene but to me that's another just kind of like random hint at something to come that wasn't explained earlier or, or at least hinted shown earlier but then the fight scene's cool so you know i just i keep going back for it um all right then the last thing just the people of gotham i guess are stupid because the whole place is flooding in that arena and they're still standing down like below the bleachers i'm like what are you doing and the water's rushing down uh you should get to higher ground people and the last thing i say is gotham square garden we couldn't come up with a better name all right you gotta be kidding me that's an oh you you, hold on i saved that for last that's my last (laughs) nipple actually ben (laughs) an issue 351 i know oh he actually said that okay all right we're gonna go ahead and move on from this now i had a negative i don't care anymore i'm just kidding what's what's up man what's up (laughs) not gonna lie on the second third watch the pacing i'm not gonna lie it's like okay okay (laughs) especially during um okay no there is one scene that i do not like there's one scene I hate the trope when they do it in movies, and they did it here. When he started spray painting his floor with all the evidence everywhere, and he like pushes <laughs> like I hate when movies like they did Amazing Spider-Man two, where he like tears his whole room and puts like all like the evidence and stuff. It's like who's this? Yeah. Who's that? And but that, it looks cool. Mark? <laughs> I it, yeah, <laughs> it looks cool. I did my homework, man. So I I get it. <laughs> but it's just like. <laughs> It was there to show his abs. I get it. Show him shirtless. <laughs> Apparently, Pattinson was like counting how many sips of water he has per day before that scene was filmed. Yeah. But I get it. But I just hate when movies do that. They did it in Suicide Squad 2 where he had like the whole guns laid out and stuff. Like, I just hate when movies like try to do something stylish like that. But it's not, I don't think anyone would actually do that in real life. That's just something for me. But um, like the pacing, like when it's mainly when when the Falcone stuff is being explained, mm-hmm. like it's go- it jumps to scene to scene and stuff, mm-hmm. and like Alfred, like I like the Alfred scene, but like the pacing, it felt a tad bit off on the second and third time. Thank you for bringing that up, especially then because he learns from Falcone about his the lies about his parents and then immediately after that he goes talk to alfred and learns the truth about his parents and i feel like we didn't have enough time to sit with that yeah i will agree it it did feel kind of rushed but you know other than that like some pace it's mainly just like when i say pacing issues it's the same way i feel like with the eternals movie it's like when i see a movie so many times we're moving on now no no no. (laughs) like i know the parts where it's like kind of like all right this is a downtime I know the story. I know what's happening, but it's just like I want to get to kind of the next part. But it's not really a nitpick. It's just something I go through with movies and stuff, especially three-hour-long movies that are a bunch of brooding. Another thing Anna showed me on TikTok was uh, it was someone who's not a fan of the movie, I think, but she was saying if uh, Pattinson walked a little quicker, then maybe it would shave off about ten. Yeah, minutes. he was walking a little bit slow. <laughs> But I mean, the, the very first time we see him come out of the shadows in the like subway station or whatever, that was awesome. But 
Then he does it again when the, the guy funeral. has his bomb around yeah. his neck and he just slowly walks out. I'm like, you could maybe we could have saved him. I gotta agree. I, I can see that nitpick. <laughs> uh, when I saw the second time, I was like, can you walk a little faster, dude? Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> I, know. I, 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 I can't even have this conversation. What right was now. the point? In the end, <laughs> what was the in point the end it looks cool. So why does it, it looks matter? cool? That's the point. <laughs> Is that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i guess okay uh now that we're talking about that a little bit uh one one thing that did kind of it's not really a problem i have with it but one thing that really surprised me is how a bomb goes off on batman's face but he's yeah. like completely yes unharmed. yes yeah. yes um, he covered his face he co- but he's like perfect he doesn't have <laughs> exactly it's just like there's no scars no burning and like but then alfred is all messed up uh, yeah <laughs> yeah like that really threw me off guard i was like what like a bomb just went off on you dude yeah how are I, you still like how do you not have at least like a scar or something that it's was probably it's probably because he's batman ah uh, yes, kind of, he's honestly batman. yeah but but he did um, cover his face though okay yeah he did cover his face so that counts but um, yeah, that, that was one thing that kind of threw me off. I don't mind it because movies, you know, movies are movies. You know, they'll always have stuff like that. You know, we see stuff blowing up on people and then they, they're totally fine. Like the, the scene in Black Widow where the car goes down like the subway. Oh, you mean and that then, scene or the scene where she yeah. falls down a tall building and hits and, everything? Yeah, <laughs> and hits everything and survives. It's like, Ouch. yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, these are superhero movies. They're not yeah. gonna be fully realistic, so it's eh, exactly. it's whatever. Like I don't really mind. It just threw me really off guard when yeah, I watched I it like like the first time. But yeah, that's you know that was just one minor thing. But I I don't mind that much. All right, negatives are done for me. Last thing, <laughs> last thing. I'm not the biggest uh, Nirvana fan, so that doesn't help either. Okay. I know, I know. All right. Okay, all right. I guess everyone loved hearing that song twice. Yes. For me, okay, so to be honest, that was like one of my favorite Nirvana songs. Never mind, I loved it as a teenager. So mm-hmm. when I first heard that in a trailer, I was like blown away because that's such an underrated song. Mm-hmm. And I get playing playing it twice was kind of okay. But I get what they were doing like style-wise. He was mimicking what was the first part when they did it. Okay. Because the mayor is standing, the new mayor, she's standing the same way as the commissioner was when he was explaining the mayor's death in the beginning. So it was trying to like mimic the opening Mm -hmm. just in a different tone. I think um, I like the way they used it because to me, it it reminded me a lot of like Arrival where they used like that song, you know, like like that same song at, at the beginning of the movie and then like uh, uh, you know at, at the end the one track by like max ripped the the one track on the nature um, daylight it, yeah that yeah. one and and the way that they utilized that it, it was a it was kind of like bookending you know uh you know like these like two different chapters in like batman's life you know yeah. the you know like the vengeful you know like cave crusader and then becoming you know like the beacon of hope hope or something and just kind of you know like juxtaposing those two um, you know, sides of like Batman and like completing his his story with that song. You know, um, I know that it's kind of like I'm reaching, okay. but you know, I I guess that's how I saw it. I I like that explanation. And another, no, I'm just kidding. I'm done. All right, we can move on. <laughs> Are we good now? Everyone, I think so. Zach, I don't care if you're good. Zach, you you good? You sure? No one wants to complain about you know that it's too dark. Outside or 
There wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> Make it more darker. Make it greenier. It wasn't dark enough. Yeah. I could there still see what was going on. There wasn't enough Zoe Kravitz. But that's just a nitpick. I think we got plenty of Zoe Kravitz, but okay. That's a there need to be two and a half hours of Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> Go watch Big okay, Little Lies. I, I agree there. Go watch Big Little Lies. We'll get plenty of your Zoe Kravitz fix in that series, especially season two. So and then come back to me and ask me if you still need more Zoe Kravitz because I just can't help you anymore. Every day, 24-7. Moving on. Moving on, yes. Let's talk about the future of this of this franchise, gentlemen, because we're obviously going to get another one. There have been some rumors that we might not get the second one for like five years, which is mm-hmm. I think that's bullshit. I think that's that's I, I mean, come on. You can't wait five years to do it. I mean, that you're basically pulling an avatar two here if you're doing that. So what we'd like to see in a future film, you know, my mind immediately went to Calendar Man. If we're going to continue like this detective style thing, I would like to see Calendar Man. And then the other part of me, like the action side of my brain was like, I would really like to see a Deathstroke. That would be badass. It's too bad Joe Mazzanella couldn't be in this universe because he would have fit so well in this, in this Matt Reeves universe. So I don't know. I, 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 my mind right now is on Calendar Man. I would, I would really like to see a Calendar Man uh, second film. I, honestly, too, I don't even really want to see Joker in this franchise, in this trilogy. Yep. If it's going to be a trilogy. I, I will be right. completely okay if we just do not have Joker at all. Yep, I forward. agree. I agree. You know, because we're probably going to get another Joaquin Phoenix movie for whatever God forsaken reason <laughs> that's going to happen. We're going to get it. It's going to happen. And, I don't know. I just, if we're going to continue on this route of detective, kind of gritty, kind of slow paced neo noir crime thriller, then I think Calendar Man's a perfect way to go. And especially after that great animated movie, uh, The Long Halloween, they just put out last year, which I thought was excellent. I think, you know, taking some inspiration from that, I, I, I would say let's do Calendar Man. Uh, Kenneth. I'm totally with you there, Rod. I would love for Joker to not be in this trilogy at all. I feel like there's just so many great Batman villains that have been so un, you know, uh, you know, like underutilized. You know, you know, Poison Ivy. We haven't seen, you know, like a like another Poison Ivy since. Don't get Zach going, please. Do not get Zach going, please. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna save that for my bit. I'm gonna save it for me. You Kenneth, ahead, Kenneth. You had one job. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> I just want to point out that there's so many other Batman villains that you could use that he has such an amazing rogues gallery and they just never use them because Joker is always a main focus. It's like, please, like, you know, you got, you know, you know, like incredible, like psychological villains, like Scarecrow. You can use Scarecrow. You got Calendar Man, Victor Zaz, the Court of Owls, Hush. You know, you have so many great, great villains that fit Pattinson's like Batman way more than Joker. And it's like, no, please, just no Joker, please. Like, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to see what Barry does, but I kind of, I, a part of me really hopes that he's just part of the Arkham show and that's it. <laughs> like, I kind of hope that he doesn't even pop up like in the trilogy. <laughs> like, I just want to see just more different, you know, like underutilized, new villains please just we need more of these batman villains to show up please no you know just stop with you know like yeah just stop it with with the joker you know uh yeah but you know just anything else uh i would love to see 
hell, you know, like Mr. Freeze, you know, like Mr. Freeze would be cool. I, I heard something about Matt Reeves saying something he that really Mr. Freeze. Wants to be Mr. Freeze. He really yeah. wants to do that. All right. All right. Yeah. Chill. Okay. Sorry. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as I was cool. saying. <laughs> Um, and obviously, <laughs> as I was saying, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, if Matt Reeves wants to do that, then I'm totally down for it because obviously he's proven that he has a lot of passion for Batman and whatever he sets his mind on, I know that it's going to be great. So if he wants to make like a Mr. Freeze movie, go ahead and, and, and do it. Um, yeah, so I would love to see either Hush or the Court of Owls, you know, for, for the next sequel. And it, if it is a possibility, uh, um, you know, like Mr. Freeze. But yeah, I think that's what I would like to see in the future. Less Joker, more different villains. I think we are going to see that Court of Owls movie, Kenneth, whether it's a second movie or a third one, I think they're definitely going to go down that route. because they, they really yes. haven't explored that at all. So in any of the previous films, so I, 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 I'd be down for that. Yeah. Uh, well, if we're going to stay grounded and realistic my vote is clayface the jokes keep coming folks okay uh really i was going (laughs) oh i know um i was going through his villains i only know them really from the video games uh ones we haven't seen before in the movies let's do a hugo strange one uh really i know him was it arkham city yeah right when he yeah yeah, that's the one that was that was really good yeah yeah that's a that's a really good grounded one. I'm not big on uh, theorizing and, and stuff, <laughs> so uh, I think you guys are are better at it as well. So, Zach, take it away with your casting of all the rogues gallery. Well, I made a post <laughs> on my Instagram page about it, and apparently it's really good. People, thank you. A lot of people didn't like it. I got oh, a bunch of no, uh, yeah, very unpopular. <laughs> very. No, I'm being serious. I got a lot of comments saying. Did you Big really? L. I didn't look yeah. at the comments. I got like 81 comments. I'm looking at them right now. Oh, shit. I'm over some of these. Okay. This, okay. Whole list is an L. What the fuck? The one of the, the, one of the posts, the one of the comments have a Stormtrooper face, because that's where a lot of my negative comments come from. It has a Stormtrooper face on it. Oh, no. Or a prequel <laughs> icon. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, this is awful. Um, Kristen Stu Word. As Scarecrow, have you smoked something bad? Um, let's see. Damn. I hate the Scarecrow. I'm down for that. <laughs> I'd be down yeah, for that I mean, too. When I saw that, I was like, that's a that's a, that's bold. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Scarecrow is a big no-no, and so is Harley Quinn. All right. So those were some of the comments I had on my post. So I think if you want to do a Harley Quinn, though, I think you I would like to pair with somebody else if they're yeah. gonna do it. Like I would I would like to see like a two-face and like a Harley Quinn, maybe or something like that. Yeah. I think we're going to definitely see Harley Quinn because there is a rumor that Anya Taylor-Joy is being rumored. Did I tell you that? I think you did. I might have told you that. I regret it now. Um, (laughs) Which, again, I personally, I cast Zazie Beats because (sighs) she would be a damn fine Harley Quinn. But Anya Taylor-Joy, because she was actually auditioned. She's one of the people that auditioned for Catwoman, for for, uh, Zoe Kravitz Catwoman. So I think she she is part of the WB universe of Joker and stuff, so I think she has a good relationship. But anyways, I'm going to go into all my uh, fan castings and stuff and what I want to see. I really want to see Mr. Freeze because Mr. Freeze is a heartbreaking ass story. Grounded. Mm-hmm. It can be grounded. People just... The mass audience just thinks of Arnold. All right? They just think, oh, chill. Yeah. Oh, free. 
<laughs> and there's just thing, you know, he just wants to freeze the whole planet. The Ice Age. Yes. The, yeah, it's technically, yes, but there is a story behind him. There is a tragic ass background behind him. I said Mark Strong as Mr. Freeze. He looks the part. He's an underrated villain actor and a like just a great actor in general. Um, Kick Ass was like my first introduction of him, and he was a great villain in that one. So, so good. I, yes, I think he will fit the role, and I think Matt Reeves can make it really grounded, um, especially for a sequel. I think he may want to go more action driven, so I could see that happening. I don't, I, I just don't know what Reeves can like accomplish with like freeze and stuff like that. I don't know if he would go the campy route of a little bit of it, or he would go more grounded and like backstory route. But I really want to see. Mr. Freeze, because is a very he's a very underrated tragic uh, villain. Um, I also mentioned Scarecrow just previously, and Kristen Stewart as Scarecrow. There is a woman Scarecrow in the comics. Before people freak the f out, so don't like say, oh why, oh. But no, Scarecrow will be perfect. I think Kristen Stewart would be perfect in the role. Is something again fan service wise of like you know Twilight and stuff. It'd be funny at first, but I think she would be really like you know, dedicated to the role and really get, like, the creepiness of it all. I know Matt Reeves said he didn't want any Justice League people in it, but I would love just to see Diana Prince. Just not, not Wonder Woman, just Diana Prince. Um, so no, I actually Patel. thought about that. I yeah. was like, it would be cool if we did, like, you know, like a run-in with Diana or, like, a run-in with, like, a Lois Lane or a Clark just, yeah. like, real quick. But it doesn't have to be, like, where they're superheroes. It could just be, right. like, just a grounded like it, exactly. it, it can be done mr freeze would be cool like we're already getting like the arkham series so i think harley quinn is gonna be the main one i think it's gonna be harley joker and like basically everybody in gotham or in arkham um victor zaz was cool i like what kenneth said about that um i think uh what i picked i think diego luna would be a good choice but that's just hmm. me but i think the main one <laughs> and we're teasing about this about a minute ago but poison ivy would be an amazing addition like because all we have is like uma thurman and i like please, her as, we need a new poison ivy please exactly. <laughs> and like i like her portrayal but i think again yeah. i don't think we're gonna get kravitz in the second one i don't think she's coming back fully for the second one i don't think so either. I, I think it would be a good love like interest again if they get ivy and like kind of not do the copycat of Catwoman but where it develops a sort of love triangle between um like you know Pattinson's like just between Ivy and Catwoman and everything I think it'd be a really good way to um introduce something like that um and yeah I want to Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria I think she would be amazing in it and she has a look and stuff and yeah uh that's just my pick um yeah and that's pretty much it Two-Face would be cool but it's been done before I want like a legit Roma Sionis this time i like i love you mcgregor but i think a menacing yeah. roman sionist like that's trying to conquer penguins underground i think it would be a good thing and um yes yeah, that would be awesome yeah and he's well, Ian, well. what Ewan was going for is that fit the tone of birds of prey yeah though. definitely definitely yeah. it fit the tone but still i want a menacing black mask i think yes badass. yeah uh, I, yeah I, yeah i think black mask would be one of my top choices as well for like reeves batman like that'll be like, like a really cool addition exactly and yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty much all i want mainly mr freeze more than anything because i just think it'd be cool to see gotham under ice and hell have it take place during christmas let's do batman returns and just have like a blue <laughs> filter the whole time i like it i like yes. it 
Oh, okay. We went through almost half of the rogues gallery already. So, I mean, one of those is bound to happen. One of these is bound to occur in either part two or part three, if we're going to have a whole trilogy here. And don't forget, we are getting an Arkham Asylum show. So I, I do feel like we're going to get some of these more obscure characters, maybe in that Arkham show, however Matt Reeves is going to do it. So, I mean, maybe, hey, maybe you get your Clayface Ben in, uh, in, in the Arkham series. Who knows? All right, Jonathan. If we had nothing to say about this movie, it's time to kind of talk about where we kind of place this in terms of our overall Batman hierarchy. You know, I kind of, you kind of went back and rewatched basically every single Batman since Adam West. So, I, you know, I, I'll let you go first. Kind of where do you, where do you place this? You know, you, know, you kind of already alluded to it, but uh, you know, just tell the audience one more time. Yeah, so the Batman is my number one. It's my favorite Batman film, um, you know, of them all. Uh, it gave me everything that I wanted as a Batman fan. It was, uh, it was more than satisfying the tone, the grittiness, you know, the way that they captured, uh, Batman's character. Uh, this is by far the best portrayal. Oh, you know, that we've had, you know, like from him, the best Catwoman, just everything about it was just, you know, phenomenally just well realized. It's a, it's to me it'll be tough to, you know, to, to be better than, than this movie, even, even with the later, like Reeves movies, I really hope that Matt Reeves, uh, you know, keeps like this, you know, like consistent level of like quality, you know, like for this character or, and, and, you know, like, and, and for this role, because he, he already knocked it, you know, like out of the park. This is just an incredible, incredible movie. And yeah, I, I would say, uh, I'm not tearing down any of the of the previous Batman movies. You know, the you know, like the cool thing about Batman is there's there's a Batman for like for for like everyone. If you're into campy Batman, you know, you're pretty much dig, you know, like the Joel Schumacher movies. If you're into more fantasy like Batman, you'll like, you know, um, you know, like the Burton movies. If you like more gritty, you know, like, you know, uh, more realistic. Uh, you know, like political Batman films, you'll like, you know, like the Dark Knight trilogy. If you like Dark Knight, you know, if you like the Dark Knight Returns, as in the graphic novel, you'll probably like, you know, Snyder's Batman. And yeah, and then, you know, like with this one, it's, you know, there's there's a Batman for like everybody. Oh, and if you want the best Batman ever, you know, you got, you know, um, you know, Lego Batman. But... <laughs> but uh yes yes yes. (laughs) but uh yeah so but to me this was uh the the most accurate and the best representation of batman that we've seen so far and yeah it is without a doubt like my number one it's also kind of early to tell i don't know if i should be saying this but it's also in my top three favorite movies of all time right now um it's it's my favorite comic book movie and yeah it's 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 just amazing and i i I can't get enough of it just talking about it right now i just want to see it again you know it's it's just it's so i I don't know i i wish i could live in this in this movie like for for forever i just i just dig like the vibes and and the aesthetic and everything even if i'm not paying attention to the story you know it's just such an amazing visually beautiful film that is just i i don't know it, it it's right up there with like 2049 for me it, it's you know it's 
it's just there. So yeah, uh, I'm just gonna stop rambling. Uh, best Batman movie, you know, my my number one. So uh, yeah, that that's it. Zach, you and I need to have a conversation in a, off screen about um, this list here. I have a problem with number twenty that you put on your on Instagram. I'm just looking oh. at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna talk off screen about that. But Zach, kind of where do you where do you place this uh, this Batman film? Um, after rewatching Lego Batman, it is I'm, I'm not like not joking it is hard to those this one and lego batman are like neck and neck for me because lego batman is through and through one of the funniest movies i've ever seen and it it captures everything about batman you know it captures the humor that you can have with him it can capture the like grittiness and like the like batman and bruce as a character and like the narcissistic tone he kind of has at points and, um, and the relationship and the relationship between Batman and Robin, yeah, exactly. which is something it's, that we don't get like at all in these thing. live action movies. And it's mm-hmm. honestly the best iteration of it and has one of my favorite jokes of all time of him just calling him Master Dick. It's, I can't <laughs> believe he got away with that in a PG movie. And it's amazing. <laughs> um, but again, yeah, this one and Batman, the Batman is like neck and neck. But I think for me to the bat after a third watch and like really like immersing myself with the movie and stuff i think this is the best batman movie it's it's dark knight lego batman the batman those are like the top three of like batman movies and those are just so perfect and this one just it lived up to every expectation i had um great detective movie great story even like and that's the same thing with like the dark knight if you took batman out of it and like it as a comic book movie this is a great movie through and through of like story character development writing cinematography visuals and just everything it flows so smoothly i'm glad they let reese do three hours or close to three hours to flesh out everything every scene is just amazing to me i think the one scene that's gonna stick out through the test of time because we all know the dark knight has a lot of iconic moments like the opening scene the bank robbery or like joker and like batman's inter- interaction or interrogation those are like the two iconic scenes i think that car chase scene i think that is gonna stand the test of time oh, and it's so good like so practical i'm so like that first like rev of that mm-hmm. engine it's just yeah chills mm-hmm. and then like when he when they're racing off and you hear michael um what's how you pronounce his last name? yeah his yes. bombing score of like just a dun 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 and then just ah uh, it gives me chills every time i watch it um and then the whole christine um influence that reeves had with it practically going through the fire incredible it shows again this movie that practical effects go a long way and well stand the test of time and will always always be better than visual effects and i think this movie just reiterate why i just love practical effects so much and i think this is easily the best batman movie by far benjamin uh so i alluded to my thoughts earlier too that uh, this sadly is not my favorite of all time but Definitely after this conversation, I want to rewatch it right now and, and get back into that world. And it's hard to get away from the Dark Knight. Right after watching it in the theater, I said it's it's not as good to me as the Dark Knight. And it that's one of my all-time favorites um in, in cinema, all of cinema. So 
I don't know if it'll ever top that one, but uh, y'all talking about the Lego Batman. That's uh, a great one too. And I, I got, I'm going to go back and rewatch Batman Begins also. Cause I, every time I watch that, I'm like, this one's underrated just because the, I feel like the other two really get talked about a lot more, but I, I want to solidify my thoughts. If it's right there with Batman Begins. And like I said, I'm excited for the future too. That may sway my vote <laughs> down the road also, um, you know, as, as a trilogy, if that's what happens with these. So yeah, but it's, it's better than bad nipples. Uh, like Zach said earlier, <laughs> but um, yeah, not the very top. Maybe one day we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it overall ranking her list or something, but it's, it's top bottom of the top tier, middle tier, whatever you want to say. I don't know. <laughs> Plus there's a lot of animated ones. I still need to watch. So. Yeah, I it it took it took me two viewings to kind of really reassure how I felt about it. You know, this the Dark Knight, and after that second viewing, I was like, yeah, this this to me is better than the Dark Knight. And then I needed some more time, those two extra screenings, to kind of figure out where I'm going to place it in terms of my overall kind of comic book films. Like, like Kenneth, I'm not where you are in terms of like top three all time. I'm not I'm not there, but I am in terms of like all time comic book films. It's definitely in my top three. It's it's not it doesn't beat Civil War it doesn't beat Endgame but it's 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 squarely in my number three. This and I told this to Zach I was like I don't know if I can. This is one of the more grounded comic movies we've ever had and it's it's going to take a minute to kind of get my head you know back into like Marvel gear now when we get ready for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and these other films because this was just so grounded in realism it's gonna it's gonna be a minute yeah to kind of get. Get, get ready for that so we have a couple months but this was kind of everything i really wanted for a batman movie and i'm not even a, as big of a batman fan as let's say kenneth or zach are but pattinson delivered matt reeves delivered but you know like i said gotham became became a character and i love that about this movie giacchino's score while not as good as hans zimmer's score in the dark knight trilogy this is definitely right up there for me in terms of all-time comic book scores i giacchino's score here is so freaking good and uh, Kenneth, you said that those last ten minutes are just some of the, the one of the one of the best endings in of, of all comic book movies. I mean that that when he realizes what he needs to be for Gotham, and then like I said, that farewell between him and Catwoman, I I just love I I loved every minute of that. So, but when I left, I I was like, yeah, I want to see like I want to see that Penguin show, I want to see this show, but I, I was also like, if this was it. If this was if Matt Reeves was like I'm I'm gonna make this a standalone, I would be okay with that too. Yeah, because it wraps up in a way where you don't really you don't need a sequel. Yeah, we might want it because it sets up stuff for down the road, but I wouldn't need it because this is just one. There's enough of an arc here for Bruce, especially where it, it stands alone, and I love that. And I and like like I said before, I'm I'm kind of over the DCEU now. I, I want the D, I want DC to just go back and make standalone stories because they've proven Joker and Batman, my two favorite DC films now, that they they can deliver. They've they've delivered two great standalone movies. So I was gonna chime in on that. WB has like officially kind of made a statement saying they're gonna go with more direct, like direct, like director ideas right. than actual like universe connecting ones. They're going to basically just like the directors have it and create their own films because they realize quality is better than quantity and just doing all that. So I think we're going to see more of that in the future. I hope so. 
I, I'm yeah. kind of worried about like movies like Black Adam, you know, and like Shazam two and stuff. But I think, oh, yeah, I think yeah. if WB kind of just like treats comic book movies like comic books and just have standalone stuff and just have them be their own thing is going to go a long way and i think again one of the questions me rod had debated a while back i really do think the 2020s are going to be dc's year oh yeah yeah i remember that conversation we had yeah we we've been debating that we still debate that and i i'm leaning to their dc's pointing me that way They're, they're starting to change my tune a little bit if they continue doing stuff like this you know, uh, now we'll see how Black Adam and Flashpoint, Flash, whatever it's called, turns out. But and DC Super Pets. We'll anyway, he just he just killed your <laughs> argument right there. But anyway, yeah, look, it's it's great that we. I mean, we came out of Spider-Man No Way Home, and now we have this. I mean, it's it's a great time to be a comic book fan right now. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and then Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's funny because we're all forgetting that Morbius comes out in like two weeks and we're all just like, yeah, what? Doctor Strange. Who? Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Morbius <Because> <laughs> from Loki? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's just a great time. We got Spider-Man. We had Peacemaker. We have um, yep. the Batman, Doctor Strange. And we're going to have Moon Knight in the end of the month. Like, mm-hmm. yes, no, three we, we, got, we got like two weeks, two or three weeks before Oh, Moon yeah. Knight it's out. like, come on. It's just too much. I'm going to start reading. Way. Yeah. I'm gonna start reading all the Moon Knight comics now. That's what I want to do. I want to go on comics. I'll just see if I can find any Moon Knight comics. I, I really like know jack shit about this character, so I, I gotta I gotta get ready for that. Yeah, it's I've weird. read some from him, but he's like, yeah, so awesome. He's uh, go get ready. <laughs> yeah, he it gets really weird. So get ready for a lot of weird comic book stuff with that guy. But he he's really fun to watch. And I also want to say too, real quick, like. I think so I want to go back where that comment you made, Zach, about well, that the comment that WB made about the shared cinematic universe about quality over quantity and stuff like that. And I think DC finally realized, I don't know, two or three years ago, like, yeah, we can't do what the MC did. Like, you really need a Kevin Feige to kind of make that work. But I kind of, I'm kind of hoping in the near future, Marvel starts doing more standalone stuff too. I'm good with my MCU. I I, I love it clearly. I it, you know, but. After seeing the Batman now, it's like, damn, they oh, uh, imagine a standalone Black Widow movie, like a true standalone gritty Black Black. You like you were alluding to, that, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> like a standalone just, Hulk movie, you know, or a like, good one, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. A good standalone Hulk movie, a good standalone, I don't know, Daredevil, you know, like, guess, yeah, there you go. Daredevil would be great, yeah, like, like exactly. There's there's so much potential for these characters to grow if you just let directors do their thing. Like like I said, I have nothing wrong, nothing against Black Widow, the MCU movie. It's good for what it was and all the limitations that it had. But I just can't help but think, man, just imagine if it was, uh, like if if Marvel let Kate Jordan be as dark and gritty as they could because because her stories, you know, like you know you know you know her her comic books get dark and yeah. violent and gritty and i really wanted to see that and it's like and the batman only further frustrates me like you know like there was a part of me after I finished watching batman where i literally went like if i was a filmmaker i want to do this for like black widow like i, I want to create like the definitive version of like black widow and just make like a film like that because of how amazing like the batman was and and just seeing a director fully realize his vision 
you know, without any, you know, like compromises or, or anything like that. And yeah, I really hope that Marvel goes down that, that route. Well, let's point devil's advocate because we MCU's just now they all they're just too well established now where they do something too gritty it's it's gonna it's gonna turn some people off and plus Disney yeah. isn't really into I did that gritty, gritty yeah stuff right now I I did Kevin Feige has said that they're not pulling any punches with Moon Knight I did hear that yeah. Moon Knight is gonna be the MCU at its at its darkest and most brutal uh, I don't know how brutal do they exactly. mean but yeah. but if it means blood. Maybe yeah, scratch. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe, yeah, maybe like a broken nose or something. I don't know. <laughs> but but yeah, like ah man, like I just hope that they really snap out of it and they just at least just go, you know, just go to like creating more director-driven stuff, you know, like they have with the Batman. But yeah. Um, I, I feel the same way, Rod. All right, so if that's it, guys, we're oh Ben, okay. All right, so if that's it, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this conversation up. Now, this was great. I mean, this 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 was a really really great spoiler review. I was really looking forward to this because there's just so much to talk about, and I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. It's a funny <laughs> thing. I feel like there's still a whole lot more to discuss. Yeah, like we could probably go on for like another hour, hour and a half, two hours, but we're not gonna go through that. So. Um, Zach and Kenneth, I'm glad you guys were able to come on because you two are the biggest DC fans I know. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to come and join us to talk about this. So Kenneth, I know you don't post a lot, but where can people find you online? Uh, you guys can find me in in Instagram. My username is uh, Replicant Moviegoer. Um, I don't post a lot. I am planning on posting some Batman stuff. Um, of course, but I'm kind of yeah, <laughs> but I'm kind of trying to wait until everybody you know post like the review and stuff and i want to post something more uh you know like you know like analytical and, and and going deep into like the movie's themes and stuff but yeah uh, you guys can find me on instagram my username is uh, you know rep rep replicant moviegoer i'm fairly active on, on my stories so uh yeah you guys can um you know follow me there fellow simp where can people find you online all simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, simp, uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at Zach TR. That's where I post more like, I don't know, lately I've been posting more like deeper reviews on there, you can say. And then my Instagram, of course, Zach loves everything. And my backup account, Zach hates everything. And, uh, <laughs> and then my simp account is, uh, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. And Benjamin, where can the good people find us online? You can find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast, and you can DM us or email us about your thoughts on the movie, uh, what you're excited to see in the future. And yeah, email us at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb like Rod Ben dot the Infinity Film Podcast.com. All right. Well, guys, uh, this has been fun. Definitely not, our next comic uh, spoiler review will definitely not be uh, Morbius. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and skip that. Uh, that's not gonna be any fun. So, but what if Tobey Maguire pops up? Still not doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll just that, skip I mean, to that scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we're gonna skip that. But I'm sure we'll be back talking about Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness in a couple of months. So, until next time, guys, we're all vengeance, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>